We'll see if it works. I, you know, maybe 15 minute podcast. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm shooting for now. If it cuts <laughs> out again, I'm moving it. I'm moving it to the depths of hell. That's what I'm moving it to. <laughs> that's right. We'll cover the Caliendo cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmes. You know what? That's good enough. Uh, when you were doing your little uh, jack-off thing as we started, was that your Jeffrey Tubin? Is that what that my was? Jeffrey Tubin. I'm doing my Jeffrey Tubin impression. It's brand new. I hope you guys like it. It was tremendous. Very, very good. My favorite thing about the Jeffrey Tubin thing for CNN and whatever he's doing was in his statement after. Mike, do you know about this? Yes. Our, our guest, okay. Mike McRae, Mike McRae from the Jimmy Dore. Po- it's called the Jimmy Dore Podcast. So uh, the the Jimmy Dore Show, yeah, on on YouTube and it's a podcast, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, also was on my show Frank TV years ago. One of the most brilliant right. voice guys I've ever heard. Uh, does some amazing, amazing stuff, and you're going to hear that here today as well. Yeah. Um, so Thank okay, you, so go ahead, John. Oh no, I was going to say that his. You know, everybody has a statement after they screw up. Everybody has a thing they release to the public. His was so strange. So I mean, he's in this meeting and he apologized to his family and his coworkers and like everything, like not the people on the Zoom. I don't know who those people were. He's like, I just, I'm so embarrassed. Like he had to go tell his wife and then knock on his kid's door and go, hey champ, you awake? Yeah, dad, <laughs> daddy's gotta talk to you for a second about something. The last name Tubin, probably gonna get ruined here at school for a little while. You're gonna be known as Lubin Tubin for the next few days. It's not gonna be good. And the kid's gonna have no clue, but to actually announce, I'm sorry to my wife, I'm sorry to my kids. And if you think about it, if the roles were reversed and any, any woman on CNN got caught doing that, she wouldn't have to put out a statement apologizing to her husband or anything even remotely close to that. It would be like celebrated. Aaron Burnett lost her mind and started masturbating during a Zoom call. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to see I think you just tubing. Yeah. You know, my, my only hope out of all this is we get to hear Jeffrey Tubin doing a legal analysis of his own situation. And, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. The existing case law surrounding this topic is unclear. In the state of California, for example, the civil courts have ruled consistently against men who have exposed their penis during Zoom calls, even inadvertently. Yeah, the king. it's a great story. It's, it's you know, what? it's one of those it's one of those weird uh, personal tragedy someone else has that lifts everybody up because it's just so <laughs> really that's uplifting to you that's totally <laughs> uplifting because i i am a masturbator i admit that freely i like it but i know when not to do it when you have company and when there's cameras all over the place you just it's a private act but to sit and think like right now we're on a zoom call if i'm like you know what i'm bored i think i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna cut out for a second and just Right, but he, oh, he you just can't do it. It's well, he had a couple of things going, John. He was multitasking. That's the whole thing. He had another. <laughs> well, was he was on two calls? I well, he, well, that's what they're saying that he was at least I, I, not an be, excuse. What? Not an excuse. I've been on a couple calls before. And never well, once. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Call, call, wait, call yanking. Is that what right, it is? Yeah. Hey, my dad's on the other line. Hang on a second. All right, I can talk to you now. What's going on? It's just. <laughs> It doesn't make sense to me. And it makes me happy when people kind of step into this stuff because their reaction is always ridiculous. Like, like the public demands an apology. I don't care that Jeffrey Tubin was masturbating. I find it hilarious. But for some reason, 
He said, I'm sorry to everyone out there. I'm like, well, he skipped. Uh, but what you're saying, though, John, is he skipped five or six steps. He went straight to the I apologize to my family. He didn't even let the story play out right. and get no information came out whatsoever. He went straight to the I apologize to my family, which is maybe that's the next step. That's the next step in being canceled and everything going on is that <laughs> you just go straight to the end. Uh, I'm done. You end it. Yeah, you go to the last step. I went to a sex uh, addicts anonymous meeting online for fun. It's anonymous. Good. Well, I suppose I'm not going to give any names out. But I <laughs> to Poor Mike, he wasn't ready for this. Remember when I wanted to do a clean podcast back in the day? Mike's back. In- I literally was going to text you, like, "Can we cuss on this?" Because yeah. Frank's whole thing is just very clean. It used to be. I got I got tired of it, Mike. I, I got fucking tired of it. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> it too short. But yeah, I went to this this thing online on a Zoom thing, and I'm listening to these stories. And I'm like, ooh. I'm not really fitting in here. Like, I'm not like, I, I didn't think I was an addict, but I just want to know what an addict was. And this one guy got caught masturbating at work, thinking that his coworker wasn't at their desk, but they were. He was so tunnel focused. And he just started to masturbate there at his desk. And they're like, you know, Dave, what are you doing? And he's like, oh my God, I didn't know you were there. He gets fired and he goes home. He doesn't tell his family. He just said there was budget cuts. Like, Jeffrey Tubin immediately went, like, no, I apologize to my wife. I'm nailed on this thing. This guy lied until he couldn't lie anymore. And then his wife, like the word got out that that's why he really got fired. The whole family up and left. So you do have to apologize to your family like right away. That's great advice if you are uh, unable to contain yourself in public that way. Is somebody attacking a dog somewhere? What's happening? Yeah, my dog's, my dog's yapping outside. It's dinner oh, was... time. And it's not out there. You can oh. hear that? Yeah. Kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. It sounded like a it sounded like a smoke alarm or a fire alarm that was uh, chirping because the battery was low, but it's it was actually, too quick. Jeffrey Tubin's just off shot here. He's just outside the camera range. He's squeaking a little. He's got some <laughs> stuff going. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, you just did uh, that. The Fox. There was a the Fox. Uh, the, the yeah, it was called Let's Be Real. It was uh, Robert Smigel's. Uh, it was a pilot essentially, but it was presented as a comedy special, and it was. A, uh, it was sort of like a mix of. Do you remember the show DC Follies? Yeah, when we were yeah. kids. Spitting Image was er, was the first, and that was in, yeah. in, in England. And then DC Follies came along, which was very similar, more puppet like, like uh, not as intricate of puppets. Right. Yeah. But it was. But it reminded me of that a little bit. So the idea of like uh, puppets um, uh, with people voicing them as impressions, interacting with actual celebrities, and that was the. Uh, it was a lot of political satire and then pop culture satire. And uh, I got to do a voice uh, for one of them. Uh, did, which did, was, did, is, is it out yet? Did it happen yet? Yeah, it aired uh, October 1st, but you can find it online on, on their various platforms. Uh, yeah, I did. There was a sketch with uh, Charlie Rose and uh, Matt Lauer hosting a AM uh, a morning show in uh, Sarasota, Florida. And I was Charlie Rose. <laughs> So it was fun. And, you know, I got to go out there. We filmed it at, you know, the old Hollywood Center Studios where we did the wraparounds for Frank TV. So I had some good right. memories there. And, uh, um, you know, I had to go out there physically because at, at first they um, uh, they were entertaining the notion kind of foolishly in retrospect that the voice actors would actually also operate these puppets. And these oh. are huge. These aren't. I thought it was going to be Triumph the Comic insult dog type stuff. 
these are giant full-size human torso things that you have to get down and operate with the thing. And they tried that in a rehearsal and early on in the production and, and they abandoned that idea completely. So by the time my production day came along, I got to just stand off camera and read the script. So it was literally the easiest job I've ever had. That's uh, that's uh, did they try to change the contract on that then or anything? Because that's like you go from being a puppeteer and voice to just a voice. You didn't have to deal with that at all. They just they probably dealt with somebody else on that. Yeah, I didn't. There wasn't any. I, I don't think they were offering any extra compensation up front for operating the puppet, right. which well, is <laughs> odd because that is its own skill. I mean, yeah. it's sort of presumptuous for any of us to assume that I could just waltz in there and do that. That's typical Hollywood, though, that they think you can just become a Muppeteer. Right. Uh, if you've ever yeah. seen, I did a sketch with the Muppets, and it was the most insane thing in the world. I wasn't expecting because the floor is at your neck uh, for when you deal with the Muppets. They build everything up so you're just like this, and your head is at you know eye level with everything. It's just it's very interesting um, to deal with that whole platform kind of thing. So, uh, but Mike, Mike is. One of the things that uh, I really loved about Mike when we started doing Frank TV and I, got, I finally got a cast was when I look for people who could do impressions, I look for people who could do some different impressions. And Mike was one of the only people who I'd ever seen do a Brian Regan. I did a Brian Regan, but he, he was the only other person I'd heard do something like that. And I'm like, this guy can do offbeat impressions. And uh, some of them that you would do uh, just well you did that liam neeson thing recently and john does a, john does a yeah. great liam neeson as well but some of these that nobody was oh, doing oh. at the time are just some of the most fun do you do you look for those weird ones or well, i think my uh what my angle is, i do a little bit but i think generally speaking my angle is like i've got a pretty low gravelly voice and i kind of specialize in in men doing men's voices that have those because if if your voice isn't in i don't it, it's hard to i mean we can do the vocal gymnastics and everything but it is hard to accurately put your voice in a different register and have it sound real you know by the same token i can't do kind of higher register voices and make them sound accurate and uh but so there, you know, there's people down in the in the range where I am, you know, so a lot of older character actors, you know, like Rip Torn, for example, when, you know, I did that on the show, I used to do that a lot. And, uh, you know, Harrison Ford, Liam Neeson, Mitt Romney, he actually has a very low gravelly voice that he kind of projects upward a little bit. Uh, but uh, but but guys like that, I kind of uh, I kind of zero in on them because I feel like I can, I can get an accuracy from them that I might have, you know, an edge on other, some other people. The Harrison Ford is the one that at the time I'd never heard anybody do that voice. Some people do it now, but I feel like everybody's doing Mike McRae doing yeah. Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, you zeroed in on me with that one. I remember when I met you like oh. man, you got to one of the the Holy Grail. I, everyone's got sort of a Holy Grail impression and for me it's tom hanks i don't know if anyone's out there doing a great tom hanks but that's when i've always tried and i'm like i feel kind of where it is but i can't get it didn't you do some buzz lightyear and stuff like that though i thought there was some toys or something uh, well yeah i did well i did uh i'm this uh, was i guess maybe still the sound alike for buzz lightyear for disney but that's uh, tim allen right but you know who does 
does it sound like for Tom? And I was in the studio there one time in Burbank at Disney Character Voices. And I was like, wait a minute, there's a me for Tim Allen. I said, who does this sound like for uh, Woody, who's uh, um, uh, Tom Hanks? And they said, it's Tom Hanks' brother. Yeah. So like his, his Tom Hanks' brother is also an actor. And um, uh, uh, so, and he, but he just, you know how sometimes brothers just sort of naturally sound like each other. He does. He too. sounds enough like Tom Hanks that uh, that they just use him, and he can approximate Tom Hanks's. Uh, I think you can uh, work voice. backwards on Tom Hanks from him yelling from that yeah. buzz. You are a toy. It's somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. in there, and you can work that back. It's between, it's between that and Forrest Gump. And that's where yeah. you, you, you find that. Yeah, there's that frenetic sort of energy that he has. coming out. But of no one does the, like you said, like the, everybody can do the characters Tom Hanks does, but no one can get Tom Hanks cast away. You know, none of that. It's always the yell or whatever, which is crazy because like, yeah. like your Harrison Ford is conversational, both old and young, Liam Neeson, all that stuff. And those are the ones that come that are fun. That are kind of like, wow, I've got this to where I can actually have a conversation as this person. Tom Hanks. Is yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's when it turns the corner because there's some that I have that I'm working on. Like, I like if I'm doing something, like I still have to really script it out and be conscious of word choice and stuff, so it hits all their little markers. Um, so I've got some that I can do pretty well, but I'm not at the point where I could just sit down and freestyle. Do you have a Mike? Do you have a trigger? word you use for harrison ford that gets you into it because it seems like that thing once you click it it's in and you know how sometimes frank you know you you know i've talked about when you get that one word you're like there it is and once you roll that whatever it is yeah the word, i may it, have i've been doing i do i do have that for other uh impressions for sure i've done, been doing harrison ford for so long but, uh, you know i may have at some point but i don't oh, know what so that uh, would even would have been <laughs> But one thing I did realize early on when I was doing them, what's happening is I'm to make the sound, I'm breathing out of my nose instead of my mouth. Oh, and that's... there's something about that that causes a resonance, a nasally, that, uh, that you know, creates the illusion of his voice. That's the moment right. where I love and hate you at the same time. Like yeah. every time we have somebody on that's brilliant, especially with one or two that John and I both do a bunch of impressions and my impressions for the most part are more about physicality and they're good voices, but it's about creating the face and getting all that stuff. But when you hear one that is so dead on, John and I have that same thing where we lose control of our skeletal stru structure yeah. muscles just yeah. stop working and you go, I know, dude, oh, dude. I know you're that's why I can't. No, I know exactly what you mean. I feel the exact same way about other impressionists. That's why I love them, but I don't want to hear them. Right, right. You right. know what I mean? Like, we're all like, I, you guys are like weird professional brothers, but like, man, I can't, I can't hear that shit. Gets in my head. We yeah, talk about it quit. all the time. Sorry, John, go ahead. I was going to say it, it, it makes you want to stop doing it because you're like, I'll never have something yeah. that point in your Absolutely. your hair disturbingly good i told you before, but i think all of us have that you know we're all thinking that mutually it's like a circular firing range there's no like there's no one guy is like i'm the top impressionist or whatever no one no one thinks that i don't think well it's a different world at least the people at least the people i know it's a different world now, too, though, where it used to be where you, there was ownership of impressions. And yeah. now we talk about this all the time. At, you just go on online and you see everybody doing everybody else's impressions. The hook, everything oh, yeah. is just it's 
nobody has it. Nobody knows who owns an impression anymore. It's all a free for all. And that was it's hard totally thing to. Different. Yeah, it's a hard thing to copyright. Whereas back when we were talking about comedy clubs and people who had stand up acts, you're like, you can't do that, man. You're just doing fucking someone else's thing. Man. Right. I mean, this is obvious. I said it before we started the podcast, but I was telling Mike that when on the radio show, sometimes we have like a video we play during the show. Like somebody will say, this has gone viral. Let's take a look at it. And I wasn't familiar with your Harrison Ford, old Harrison Ford, young Harrison Ford video. And so I knew of you and I'm cynical. So I'm, and, and, you know, as an impression, you're looking like, let's see what this is. Is everybody losing their mind over nothing and whatever? And I remember Toledo was there because he produced for the show, watching it. And I think all I said through that whole video, and this is a radio show where we've got to keep it moving. Your video played, and in the middle, I think I just went, wow, I quit. I'm done. <laughs> oh, it, thanks, man. It's that great. And, and the better part is, like what Frank's saying, nobody owns an impression anymore. But when you do something that unique, because to me, the internet is not unique. Nothing really comes up that's that unique. When you did the old and new, and I told you that people from the building who heard it on the air came into our studio to say nice job to me for simply playing your video. Then, you know, this is this is otherworldly. It's a different level. And those are those ones where you're like, man, it doesn't really matter. And I think impressionists lose their mind over other impressions, great impressions. We, we, we do a little more like uh, mutual admiration than everybody else. But yeah. that, that I, one resonates, man. I so, sent that video the old Harrison Ford, young Harrison Ford to John thinking I was going to blow his mind with it. And he's yeah. like, Oh yeah, we played that on the air already. Uh, and I <laughs> lost my mind. It's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's, it's may, it may be, uh, you know, I always say this, like Craig gas has a Sam Kinison that's pointless, but it may be the best single on yes. point Sam Kinison I've ever heard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's yes, not the best I, impression. I, it's up there with best impressions. It's, it's top. Of all. It's 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 a, I remember yeah. hearing on a Howard Stern and I'm like, why are they playing a fucking rerun from the yeah. 80s? <laughs> it's that good. I yeah. literally thought that. I was like, "What the? What's going on?" Yeah, yeah. And he's amazing. I mean, he's amazing. Well, thanks. And that video, you know, I you never know what's gonna blow up. You know, I've I've been making these little videos consistently, and you know, they've been doing pretty well, kind of relatively, but nothing like that one. And you know, it's it. Uh, uh, you know, it did did well, got a lot of views, but uh, you know, I, it's 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 funny. What I, I've done a few things that I think are as good as that, but it just doesn't. It doesn't you know, matter it, what you it's think. It's very ethereal. Good. What takes off? Yeah, it doesn't matter what you think is good on the internet. Most of the time, the that's an interesting thing with that Harrison Ford taking off because it was brilliant. There was a lot of thought behind it. It wasn't an easy in-your-face impression. There, it was conceptual. And that stuff doesn't always work. A lot of times it's the introducing yourself as the person being really simple. And the way you did it and the way you let it was just so mind blowing that that's what that was. That's what gives me faith in humanity at times. That something <laughs> like that. No, really, because the stuff we look at on the Internet, we just John and I will watch. I'll, we'll send each other bad impressionist stuff and go. This got oh a gosh. million views and you're just going, yeah. they're just doing Kevin Pollack. Stop doing Kevin Pollack. Do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Frank sends videos of me doing impressions. He goes, look at this hack. And I'm like, Frank, <laughs> he does I, it all I, the time. I do actually do that. Um, <laughs> the other one that John stopped dead and John does a great Liam Neeson, but that Liam Neeson thing you did, that's you just have that. John has a deep voice. I have the worst Liam Neeson of the group right here. But uh 
that, that Liam Neeson, because you hit that little, that really, I don't know who you are, that hole, it was just yeah. down another register going, crap, that's so I was so teaching good. my son to hide from the wolf, I believe. Oh, it's perfect. I so love it. We live in a world surrounded by wolves. <laughs> and we would do ourselves a service never to forget that. Wolves are everywhere. Oh, <laughs> the like he's become such a, like a parody kind of a, of himself career wise. I mean, I nothing against him, but like you know, he he is sort of like rubber stamping to sort of a series of. Well, I do I do a bit about I, I do a bit about he could be doing a movie, a, you know, a period piece from the eighteen hundreds. In the preview, he's got a cell phone. You know, it's always. <laughs> sure. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I don't know what I'm talking into right now. Yeah, it would be great if you did. It's the 1800s. I'm talking to a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> if you did, there if are you many did, wolves okay. now. Because he's always done uh, pieces where he plays actual people, too. It would be like, President Lincoln, we definitely have to talk to you about something. There's a threat against your life. Call me back. <laughs> I, I would love that. Yeah. No, he's, 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 he has rubber stamped. Everything's taken again. Yes. Which I just love the concept of sequels having the word again after. It's like, my daughter's been taken again, and I'll take care of that again. Like, just it's the whole kind con- of this new one he's got, the thief movie. The, 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 it starts off like, oh, maybe this is different. And then all of a sudden he's running around chasing somebody. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. I'll do it. It's like ACDC. They release the same album every couple of years, and we're like, you know what? I like it. It's still they found good. a formula. Sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you still do the the one uh, one of them another one? I keep saying the one, but there's so many. Do you still do the Mel Gibson? Because that was one that when you did that on Frank TV, uh, that was one that just blew me away. I should have warned you for it. Uh, I apologize that I did. I well, first of all, like that was when I was assigned. Like there were a few or like, do you think you could learn how to do this while we were doing Frank TV? And I think, and I, I did. And I kind of got you it. Nailed a ton of stuff. It was, it was everybody. Frank's I, too fat I for this. Like you it, do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. So I, I never really found a home for it in my stand-up act. But right. I, I know I did a few sketches on Stern as him. But I think they replaced me with Piot on that. And uh, but but yeah, no, I, I can go. You know, I can go back and do that. I think. Well, I think what I. Uh, zeroed in on when we were doing frank tvs you know i saw all these crazy eyes you know and his adam sample bounces up and down when he talks you know it's just sort of like this weird mania in his face and also like he's now become like like all the like weird mel gibson shit is like afterwards so he's also sort of like a scary person now that we kind of know about him and like eats his women up <laughs> right. So, really, um, which face is, was racism and abuse. We did. We didn't. Like, know yeah, I was playing him just like, ah, oh, it's just sort of a good-natured, crazy man. But like, ah, <laughs> oh, I guess that's not quite really the angle anymore. But I uh, want to ask both something on that because when you did Frank TV and doing radio, it's different because I've got compression and headphones and everything else. I really don't have to worry about the visual. When you guys are are assigned that, and I talked to Daryl Hammond about this too, and he kind of gave me an answer, but Daryl isn't real clear on much. Um, when you get assigned something like that, and you say, "Can you do this?" What's your method? Either I've never asked you this, Frank. But what What do you guys do? Is it just videotapes? Do you hone in on one particular thing? You want me to start? I I, yeah. I, 
I, when I first started, I would listen to things over and over and over. I find a phrase. And I remember sitting in my living room because, Mike, you, you lived at my house for a while, right? Didn't, were you there? It, it, you don't remember this? I don't. Yeah, I was staying in an upstairs bedroom. Yeah. No. Okay. So. Uh, and you would be there on the weekdays, but then you'd go back to Tempe on the weekends. Right. But I remember you, you said one thing that I said, I do the same thing, is for some reason saying the person's name can help unlock certain ones. I don't know what it is, yeah. but you say their name. And I remember you sitting in the living in room. In their saying voice. That, yeah. In their voice. And for some reason, it doesn't do it for everybody, but for a lot of them, it does do that. But like for, uh, for, for Chris Hemsworth, when I was working on some new stuff with these Avengers and things like that, I would just say over and over, Loki, my brother, Loki, my brother, Loki, Loki, Loki. Find that word, Loki. And now you always say, John, the vowels, Loki, my brother. Yeah. And it's all, I mean, there's so many that are so similar, um, but that's, you find that and say it over and over and over. And I, when I was not doing impressions for a while uh, and working on any new ones, I stopped doing that completely. I had to start getting into that method again to try Because when I used to drive around the country, when I was doing colleges, that's when I would work on all the new impressions. So I'd be going from school to school, driving in the middle of the country for eight hours, going from one college to the next. And I would just have the radio on or just talking to myself the entire time. This is before cell phones. So everybody thought I was nuts. Um, but it was just constantly saying things over and over and over. And uh, that repetition, I would say the phrase, and then I would work on saying other words. But if I could say the alphabet, I knew I could say anything uh, because it would hit all the sounds. So you just went with one phrase. Because phrase, and then I'd go that he got like six tapes and he would sit and watch six hours of the guy doing stuff and try to figure it out. I almost always get mine off of trying to do someone else. Yeah. So it's never been a tape thing. Mike, are you the same or how does yours work? I think, well, you know, if, you know, it's rare that I'm, you know, it's been like, well, sometimes in Frank, T, like in Frank TV, they like, can you try to do this? And then, you know, I got audition, you know, I'll get auditions from our cartoon president or whatever, can you audition for this person? And it's like, for, generally speaking, I can't do an impression unless I can hear the voice in my head completely and crystal clear, right? And usually that just comes from osmosis. Like the new, like the new ones that I've, one of the new impressions I've developed in quarantine is someone I've been hearing for 25 years, didn't even realize that he was impressionable. And now, you know, I've got a pretty good Brad Pitt. And, but that's just, you know, it's just osmosis, like literally over decades. Well, when you're like given a new person and you have to kind of learn, well, like Mel Gibson, obviously I was familiar with him. Uh, so I just, I remember that night, I just watched a bunch of YouTube interviews and stuff. And it was like close enough, but like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know his voice. I think I got it. But if it's like a totally new person, I guess I just have to watch or listen to clips like a, a bunch of times in order to sort of like speed up that osmosis process. Yeah. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, and I'm very honest with people. Like if I weren't, like if at Frank TV, if I, if I weren't able to do a Mel Gibson, I would, you know, I'd be honest. Like there's, you know, there's just some things I can't catch. Right. You know, well, I always tell uh, people I, I, I always tell people I'm a magician, not a sorcerer. 
you know, yeah. these are magic tricks. We're doing things. It's sleight of throat. It's illusion. It's, you do things with the, your, your voice and you can control things in your throat to make them happen. Uh, but some people won't hear those things. They'll, they, like, I've had people go, that sounds nothing like the person. I'm like, I voice dubbed for this person. I know it's good enough. I don't, you know, but younger people hear higher pitches. They don't hear the lower sounds as well sometimes. So people will come and, and do all that type of stuff. But I, you go and, you know, I just drill it in. That's my whole thing. John, you, when you look for something, you're always looking for topicality though, right, John? Because on the radio, it's yeah. always something. Well, the weird thing for me is, and it happens on, the, like, headphones are my thing. Because I, I think, like, Rich, Rich can back me up on that. Like, when OJ got his Twitter account, I didn't have an OJ impression prior to that. But once I heard him, when we were playing all of his tweets and we started laughing at them all the time, it just, like you said, Mike, it just got in my head. Like, almost immediately hearing him talk on Twitter and his phrase of, hello, Twitter world, everything's all right here. OJ's out on the golf course. We're having a nice time here today. I can't believe Jeffrey Tubin, which is hilarious because he put out a Twitter thing yes. yesterday uh, admonishing Jeffrey Tubin for bad. Oh things. yeah, what the? I love yeah, it. I absolutely love it. But those are the, those are those moments where the ones that that just like you said they 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 get in and you're like I hear him like he's there. But the weird thing is I I don't know that I could do the like you get an assignment to say do this character or do this voice. I'm, I'm not sure I have a way to do that. Uh, so many of them just attack me where it's like, wow, that one just got me. Like that just happened. And I didn't know. Sometimes it seems like you need the bit in order to. In a way that's true. Character. Yeah. I need you the need improv. I need, I need, I need the bit on the air. Yeah. Cause there's been times where on the air, I try it for the first time and I look at Toledo, the producer and I'm like, I got that. I don't know how I did that. You know, hang on to that tape. Cause I'm going to need to know how I did that later. But it's just weird. It's like almost the adrenaline. But I don't, I don't know that I have the capability of here's five tapes, here's a couple of things, go get it. Well, for me, it's a crapshoot. I mean, I can't say that I can necessarily do it, but if I'm put in that position, that's, that's how I would attempt it. You know? But yeah. generally speaking, I mean, when I come up with them for my own comedy, it's, it's, it's more like what you were saying. It just sort of comes to me, you know? Yeah, yeah it's frustrating. Yeah, like for me, Gruden was a mis- <laughs> I don't remember who I was working on, but I was working on, maybe it was Mike and Mike. And I was working you and on- I, Frank, you and I were working on Gruden when he first got announced as the Monday Night Football thing. Because I remember standing in my garage. This was probably nine years ago. And I'm in my garage and I said something and I couldn't get it. All I kept saying was, that's my guy. That's my guy. And I didn't have anything. You came up with a phrase that day. Hmm. Neither of us could do the impression. Within 24 hours, you had it. And I don't remember the phrase. I don't remember what it was. It, was it might have been, I'll tell you what, man. I don't, I don't know because... <laughs> I was starting to work on it and then they wanted me to do it on Mike and Mike. And I was like, I'm not ready to do this yet. And I didn't do it. Um, but I, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've been talking to you and they, they, we just go back and forth and all of a sudden they're there. That's, that's yeah. just, that's it's, uh, that one. That one I remember because I thought, honestly, I thought I'm close to the group. I think I've got something. You didn't have much and you came up with one phrase and within a day it was like, well, there it is. He owns that now. That's yours. And, it, and it's good. It's one of those things that uh, it, sometimes it's just a word. You get that man. And I, you know, but look, to what you were saying before, sometimes you don't have it a hundred percent, but you just have the right cadence and the flow and everybody believes it's right. 
And then, you know, the everybody doing Christopher Walken now. Wow. You know, high, low. It doesn't matter. They're they're not really doing actual Christopher Walken. They're doing an impression of an impression of Christopher Walken for the most part. It's the caricature artist on the beach drawing yeah. the great big head. And it's like, we get it. That looks like him, but we know how absurd it actually is. Right. Eventually everyone, you know, if people... People be like, oh, okay, I can draw up a caricature of Jimmy Durante or whatever, even if they right. can't draw at all. Like they're just seeing a, oh, I just make a fucking nose, and, you know. <laughs> like they get just like a certain, like you can get the outline of these things, and you know, it's, it's not that hard. Yeah, it's that's a the funny thing though. On in sketch TV, you can go with that big caricature, but on the internet, a lot of time people go completely to you don't sound exactly like and go well, that's taking away half the fun half the fun is creating a, a caricature out of them making yeah. it interesting and what's the point of view and you as a comic mike was one of the things i remember i was talking to mike this is another time in my living room that, that i forgot that he lived in my house for a while but i remember <laughs> i remember saying mike do you work on the we keep on working on voices and he's like yeah i'm working on that but i like to do straight stand-up too and i go you don't want to turn out like me and just be a voice guy and you're kind of like yeah, I don't really want to just be that. <laughs> it was one of those moments. Uh, where like, I know. I'm just cashing the checks, man. I'm. Sorry. I, uh, he, was so, he, he was so nice about. It. He's like, I want to be more than that. And I was like, It's okay. I know what I am. I'm not. <laughs> I I don't know if you're framing that right. I think I probably would have said something like, I mean, I that's just how my you know my act is an extension of how my brain works and what I think about. So some of it involves impression. Some of it doesn't. No, I didn't mean it as a negative at all. It was just one of those moments where you were just like, well, I like to do this and this and this. And I, I just went, you don't want, I just put you on the spot as a terror. It was like, it was half joking, but there's some reality to it too. Cause I'm still fighting to get out of it. Uh, you know, you get yourself in that, that impressionist uh, pigeonhole. It's, it's, it's hard well, because you know, that's what everybody wants you to do. I mean, yeah. But still, you you dug yourself into a pretty great hole as far as from where I'm. Standing. Oh yeah, yeah, so, it's filled with cash about it. Yeah, it's a nice uh, hole, Frank. Now, after Frank TV, uh, did you audition for SNL? I did in uh, 2009. Uh, our our manager at the time was able to get my. Uh, uh, Frank TV character reel to uh, what's her name, Marsha or whatever. Marcy over Klein, there. Yeah, Marcy Klein. And uh, they're like, yeah, get him up. Okay, we'll get, get him. And I have very little time. I have a few days' notice to get to New York and, and to, to 30 Rock uh, studio or stage 8H, you know, right in front of Lauren, everybody. Uh, so, you know, I put together the best thing I, I could, I thought I could at the time. And, uh, you know, I thought it went well, but obviously that didn't, uh, you know, they didn't choose me, but I got to do it so I can, you know, I, I think oh, I didn't even realize I thought you just sent in the tape. So you actually got all the that's way. a different. Oh, the, the, you're, you're, well, there was a previous time that you might be alluding to if you're talking about what we're talking about in the text message. Yeah, well, there's a legend. There's a legendary story about Mike. Um, Is it legendary? Yeah, it's like, pretty. I mean, it's pretty well known. Really? That, uh, well, I mean, I guess I, not. I I, that's why I had people. to ask you if it was. That's why I had to ask you: Is this real? And is this? Because um, I've heard it happening to some other people too. But um, go ahead. So tell the story. Okay. So pre years previous to that. So when I actually auditioned, it was two thousand nine. In two thousand six, 
I sent a, um, I made a stand-up tape and I had a friend who could get it into their offices. And he's like, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I taped a set at the Addison Improv. That's from 2000. Yeah, 2006 for sure. At the time, I did a Peter O'Toole impression. And the bit I did was Peter O'Toole uh, accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Oscars. And then he just goes off on a diatribe bragging about, I don't remember how it goes, brag, just sort of bragging about all the drunken escapades he went on in the 50s and 60s, him and Richard Harris, like, you know, we stole a train and crashed and, you know, just this sort of like over the top sort of bragging about, it was funny. I know I'm not making this, but anyway, so that was, that was the bit. And then like, it always did well. And that was on, it was on there on the, on that tape that we sent in. And so, um, and my friend's like, yeah, it's in, I know it's in the writers and it's in there. So I'll just say we're, you know, and time went on, you know, it was like waiting to hear, waiting to hear, and you know, it got to the point, whatever, late summer where I'm like, okay, well, I would have known by now. And then um, SNL, that season of SNL premiered and uh, I started getting all these calls. I don't know what would have been blowing up at that in that year, I guess just phone calls, I guess I had text, uh, phone calls and emails and stuff. Like, are you watching SNL? I was like, no, what? I, it was like the next day that I found all these. Like I didn't, I was a, I was a working comic. I wasn't watching SNL. I was either, you know, at a club or hanging out at a club party. And uh, so what had happened was, on the weekend update segment, uh, whoever was like, like, oh, we ever get Peter O'Toole. And then uh, Bill Hader said, because people, people were telling me like, they're doing your bit on Saturday Night Live. I don't, and these are people that didn't know that I submitted a tape. They're like, I don't know how, but they're doing your bit on Saturday Night Live. And so, and apparently Bill Hader sat down as Peter O'Toole and um basically did the same thing it was worded different and and it wasn't uh it was like they changed richard harris to albert finney like they changed enough stuff i'm not saying i'm not i'm not throwing the the ultimate jacques here but <laughs> but it was I, I mean it was it was my bit just reworded and changed that was on a tape that I know was submitted into the SNL offices. So I'm not going to, but I fucking, I lost my mind. I really didn't handle it well. I mean, a lot, a lot of like what did wiser, you do? longer in the two. I tried to find out what the fuck happened. Like I went to the friends. Did you do it as Liam Neeson? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who got that tape? I want to know who got the tape. My, a friend of mine who was a comic used to date Bill Hader's wife. So I tried to get him to fucking contact the wife. Because I don't think Bill Hader himself. Right. I'm not blaming him for fucking anything. Right. You never know. It's it's the writers are just looking yeah, for stuff. I think it was a writer. My, my thought at the time was that it was a writer. And um, 
And I also knew one of the old writers for SNL, T. Sean Shannon. And I got in contact with him. Like, what do you think happened? And he, he seemed, he was like, nah, man, it's just coincidence. And then someone, I mean, so I know that Bill Hader, he already did a Peter O'Toole, apparently. Right. So, like, he didn't like, so he are, so granny, he already did that. But, you know, I think a writer saw that, like, Hey, wait a minute. Hater does a Peter O'Toole. Let's fuck. Right. I'm going to just rewrite this shit and have him do it. That's what I think. Well, there, I don't know that. There, there sure. are so many legendary stories of over the years of SNL writers going to the groundlings, watching sketches, and then two weeks later it being on Saturday Night Live. Oh, that's yeah. a real. That's a real thing. I don't. You never know who it's going to be or who it's been, but that's. And I'm, I'm sure that happens all over. It's not just SNL. That's just in the. But that happens in sitcoms. People go watch somebody. All of a sudden, that joke's on TV, and you're going, you were just watching my show two days ago. How did that just pop up on a television show? It's just yeah. stuff that drives you nuts. But how much of it do you think is the fact that they just have to scramble for 7,000 ideas, and they don't even remember what they've seen or what they've thought of? That's, that's flat thievery, what you're describing. But at the same time, being under so much pressure to say, I need an idea and thinking you thought of it, even though you saw it and then you saw 70 other things. I wonder how much they, they, they do that and then just excuse it for like, well, maybe, maybe not. But I've got four days to come up with 90 minutes of stuff because that's but still, it's not right. I'd be furious. That's just I think ridiculous. they know what they're doing. I mean, obviously, occasionally. You know, you can. Yeah, I think any any normal person can have the thing where they think they've had their own idea, but it turns out like in the back of their brain they saw someone else do it. I think I think that can happen occasionally, but I think most like that was I don't know if you read the I don't know why you would have my roommate had it, but uh, what's his name book about writing gasping for airtime? Uh, Is that Jay Morris? Jay Moore's book about it. And he got fired basically because he very consciously stole someone's stand-up bit and, and put it in a sketch and he got caught. Yeah. And that was kind of the end of it for him. And yeah, he's, I don't you think know, he kind of was, he's honest about it. He lays it out in the book. He knew what he was doing. It's not like yeah. he, he forgot. And like, oh, it came out. You know. So I, a- I think that's probably more, I'm going to guess that's probably the more typical scenario there. What uh, are there any impressions that you covet the most? You know, the Harrison Ford, obviously, and you might even be tired of that, but it's still, you know, I don't think is. No, you'll never get tired of it. Uh, well, I rebirthed him into an older that. I mean, that whole like yeah. video I did, that whole sketch was just built birthed out of like, you know, because his voice has changed in the 20 yeah. years that I've been doing it. And I'm kind of don't exactly know what to do about that. So I, I realized I had an old Harrison Ford and a, and a, a current Harrison Ford. Uh, and that was sort of the genesis of all that. Like, well, let's put them together in a sketch and see what happens. Well, I think that's the brilliant part about it, because I've talked about it and Pollock talked about it, too, with there's a young William Shatner and an old William Shatner. But to put them in the same sketch... That was that was the that and the the concept of it was what was and then cor- the idea of quarantining together yes. people unwittingly <laughs> quarantining together provided the perfect opportunity and I don't want to get you know you know I don't want to overanalyze what I do or whatever but I think there's a little thing in there it's like if you're alone like I like except when my son is here half the time 
I'm alone all the time under quarantine, pretty much. And I was a lot. And when you're alone, you're not really alone. You're with every version of yourself from the past. You're with every version of yourself because you're just in your own head the whole time. You're with every person you're afraid you're going to become. You know, Sarah, there there is this sort of anxiety. So I was there was a little somewhat intentional kind of play on that with the Harrison Ford thing. Not to like make it more deep than it really is, but um, but it's there. It's like it's all it could all just have been in his mind and. It's it's just a man. Yeah. Are there any are there any others that you just uh, just love that nobody really gets or? Uh, oh, uh, you mean the ones that I do? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there's always something like you know. I'm always trying to come up with new shit on the Jimmy Dore show, um, uh, which is sorry. I'm just trying to keep things fresh. And you know, there's always like character. The thing with me is uh, character actors who are on the cusp of sort of becoming big like Vince Vaughn. I was doing Vince Vaughn for a long time in my stand-up act. I remember my friend, Bob Biggerstaff was like, no one knows who he is. Like, why are you doing that? It's not that good anyway. And I'm like, and then, and like, then Vince Vaughn sort of became a star. And then I was all set. Like, all right. Like, so I have a new, like, I have this like very current seeming impression or whatever. I'm always trying to like, find that again like i'm always working on people like shay wiggum or like uh michael shannon uh you know these these characters you've seen you know you've seen in a million things you just might not know their name right away and i have fun doing it too because those are always the the those are always the most interesting actors and they have the most interesting way of vocalizing things to me john do you know the name of the guy who plays ed kemper in uh uh what's the mine hunter in mine hunter that oh, yeah. i learned to talk like him that was one of my favorites oh yeah 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 dude that guy was great he's he's so good and when you watch him you just want to talk like him the entire time that's, just <laughs> that's one of the shit. exactly what you mean that's the crazy part is is that's how that dude sounded like when you go back and look at the old tapes of kemper now he's doing a like a spot on impression of the. But bat. here's the thing: he talks. He kind of he's doing that in he other does. shows too, because he's in yeah. Umbrella Academy, and he still has that cadence where he. Talks oh really? Like this? Maybe it's him. It and is. It's close. I think it's, it's actually. He's Ed Kemper. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fucking Ed Kemper got loose and started acting, and nobody. He's so good, nobody even knew. He also Mike on a TV <laughs> show is playing Richard Jewell from the. Uh, I saw that. Yeah, so on a TV show, he's playing that guy, and it's the same kind of cadence. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just how he. I think it's how he talks, and it's going to be. Mike, go ahead. I was going to say, do, are there any you do that you have down that are just useless, like impressions that, that you're like, just, you you can't fit them into the act. You can't do anything, but you're like, I've got this, and I don't know that anybody. Oh does. yeah, no. I mean, most of my like, as <laughs> <far as> stand up. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've got a rogues gallery of useless fucking idiots in my uh, repertoire. Uh, but no, well, if, if we're talking about stand up, like yeah, I mean that stand up to me is kind of more of the most limiting uh, format for it, just because I have to find a way to like work them into a bit. And sometimes I just can't. There's people I can do impressions of that I'm like I can't really. I've, or, or I've tried and, and that like this doesn't really work or whatever. And I always keep trying, but 
but like you know like every week i'm writing and recording sketches with jimmy Dore, and then like, like other things i do so I, i've got like other outlets for it now which is and these videos that i make like this whole like sort of make your own like goofy video at home thing that has become popular i'm like i kind of like this because it allows me to put forth ideas comedy ideas is that that wouldn't really fit into stand-up like the harrison ford like setting that up on stage you know like like i i'm not as deft at that in stand-up as covid gave everybody a chance to sit in their house and be creative and stupid it it gave you a chance it gave you the opportunity to go hey this is stuff i would never have uh put out there because i'm all, i don't want to say embarrassed but it's just weird to do these uh, you know uh, random sketches that don't really make sense with a dead actor but people want to see that kind of stuff um right because it's low stakes when you're on stage yeah. when you're headlining a show you can't just sort of fuck around right but when you're home and putting these things out like nah, if no one likes it no you know no harm no foul you can ex- it, you could experiment it's, yes. the, it's, it's the only medium where you can experiment and the, and the, the, uh, the, the consequences for failure are zero. But if it blows up, you got two million people watching your video and you, know, you get attention from it. It's, so, literally, it's literally the noodle wall. You can just throw anything yeah. against whatever nobody really remembers so much going on no one remembers your failures hardly at all unless they're egregious but like that's you'd have to really fuck up to make people remember your goofs and the wins yeah and and i i've been having fun with it i'll admit have you done any and uh we're gonna wrap up here in a minute but uh and john i want to get a a quick take after because um mike knows nothing about football i'm like do you know anything about football he's like not it not a bit i'm not a sports guy sorry guys well we gotta get one little steelers thing in afterward but yes have have you found a way to work rip torn in anywhere recently no i uh you know that was one bring up that impression to me you know i i miss him dearly like a brother uh his passing was a tragedy for us all christ is king but uh, he, I kind of, this isn't out of any kind of policy or any kind of anything, but when someone dies, uh, like, uh, you, to me, that's like, all right, they've left the zeitgeist, you know, yeah. like I kind of, like, to me, I'm focusing on people. I like obscure ones. I like people kind of on the periphery of the zeitgeist, but they got to be in it. Um, and to me, it's just kind of like, it, it uh, when someone passes away, you know, they're they're kind of unless there's a very specific reason to do them. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I, like it, it turns out it's a stupid question by me because uh, like most of my questions, I don't do Robin Williams. People ask me to do Robin Williams all the time, but I'm like, ah, it just feels kind of weird to. Well, especially in that case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's you know, I mean, that's that's a whole, that's a different even kind of case right there um what can you but, make yeah but i know what you mean yeah you can't really like i well, the worst part for me is that i'm discovering that all the impressions i start to get that are pretty good are people who are about to die which is well yeah I, or get canceled I, or get canceled or, or and, oh and, uh, i was really going somewhere with kevin spacey for a while <laughs> but god damn it he fucked it up for me so bad 
That's great. Yeah, you're you're right up there with Ross too. That's a fantastic. Wow. That's great because that's just the regular talking. I so. literally, thought, I really thought you might touch me during that. That was so good. <laughs> oh, you. Sh- oh, please. Oh, please. You should be so lucky. <laughs> that's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, he's in hiding now, so there's nothing to. You know. Right, he'll come. He'll come out with a creepy video soon, and then you'll have to weigh it. You know the chances of should I do a video based on this or not? Yeah, uh, that's always well. The Jimmy Dorsha, I mean, like that's a wide berth for me to do weird shit like that. Right. So I've done him on there, and you know, so uh, yeah. So it's 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 a great platform for that kind of stuff. He lets me have free reign. I don't write all the sketches, but he lets me have free reign to just kind of screw around on there and just kind of do whatever. As and are you going on the road or anything, or what do you, what, do you just? No, I mean, I wasn't even really doing a whole lot of road stuff um, before all this, and now I haven't done a live show in a long time. Yeah, me since either. the whole thing, basically, I've been taking it pretty seriously, and I just don't feel like I've, I'm starting to say yes to an outside show that they do here. Uh, but you know, but I so yeah, I lost some corporates and some sort of like uh, local event hosting stuff that I've done. Right. Uh, so it's been kind of rough, but, but um, did you put your kid to work uh, yet? Yeah. Your kid making he's putting himself to work. He wants to, you know, he loves all this YouTube and you know TikTok yeah. and all that too. And I, I don't know what to think about. Does he it. have I'm the like, voice buddy. skill? Does he? Can he? Can he do it? He's got a little bit of it. Like he'll do. This is my impression of like a teenage girl or like, like some dude in his mom's family or whatever. And he kind of does like, like he does, like you're doing a good version of what you're, you know, it's not like here's an impression of like an actor or whatever, but like he does like sort of characters and stuff that he does a pretty good job with. Yeah. All right. So I have no, I have no idea if this is, genetic at all <laughs> I think I mean, what about your kids do they my son joey, they have... did, joey did this borat thing that the theater teacher texted me out of the blue like did you see his project i'm like yeah i helped him shoot it it was crazy good he's like yeah it's unbelievable and juliet my daughter oh, has some they can do the faces and everything they do gruden and they do uh they mock me all the time and uh ah, you know, they, good for them yeah they have nothing like juliet I'll tell Juliet, you got to play some, play this all the way through on your TikTok or something like that. She's like, no, 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 I, I'll play it, but I'm turning it off because she's so, she's like, you're <laughs> cringy. I'm like, well, this is how, you, this is how we're going to pay for your college education. Stop thinking I'm cringy. Oh, my <laughs> God. He's in greats. <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, Mike McCray, everybody, fantastic. Great to, great to catch up with you. Uh, you too, man. This has been a lot of fun. And it was great to see you again, Frank, and to meet you guys. Yeah. Dude. Awesome, awesome <laughs> stuff. And, uh, Best of luck, man. You are one of the best I, I ever heard, especially, like you said, that deep register stuff, that rumble, because yeah. I can kind of fake some of that stuff, you know, but you can tell it's like playing old. When you play old, you can yeah. kind of tell when somebody's trying to be old. You just have that deep thing. I've got a full force of rumble in there, and you just have it. It just blows me away. It's awesome. Mike, I have one question before we let you go. Can, I hear, you, the Char- can I hear the Charlie Rose? Charlie Rose. Now, the problem with what I was doing in the Smigel production was they wanted me to sound more Southern than Charlie Rose actually is because he's from North Carolina. And as a man of his age in broadcasting, 
they were taught in J school to erase their Southern accent, but it sort of bleeds out of them a little bit. But you can tell he's trying to over-articulate to compensate for it. The word so that they, is my take. The word there. they, you nail the E. Like, again, that vowel isn't how anybody else says it. It's perfect. Wow. It's all about the vowels. Yeah, oh, it's in so our, good. In our, in our craft. That's so good. Oh, my God. Well done. Thank you. Good to meet you, man. Awesome, thank man. You guys. A lot of fun. Thank you guys very much. And thank you for helping us break up uh, what we've been doing and only talking football for the last three weeks. All right. Let's but get back to it. No, no more screwing around. It's football time, gentlemen. <laughs> football right. time. I'll tell you what, man. Get Thanks, Mike. All right, football guys. Time. Take Thanks, care. Awesome. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. All right, John. Well, I just wanted to I, – I, all I want to do is just talk about your Steelers for like two minutes. And then we'll wrap it up because Toledo's always about, well, we kind of have a trend going where we talk about football. You didn't say it this week, but I got to address it. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. do, I don't want to do another episode this week. So I just wanted to throw it in at the end. So we, we hit the. Uh, it's perfect. Little... And that's fine by me because this is, uh, as Mike Tomlin said, uh, this weekend is a five-star matchup because we in it. Steelers are in it. <laughs> And that's what makes it a five-star matchup, and that's awesome. He said that all through 2008, five-star matchup. Why is that? Because we in it, and oh. it's perfect. And they're back at it. Beating the brakes off of Baker Mayfield was – That uh, was a terrible game. Ugly. The defense uh, – the Steeler defense right now, is there a better-looking defense right now? now I, I shouldn't Bay. ask you. You are so biased. I'll tell you, Tampa Bay is as yeah. good, if not better. That's what I'm talking about, Daddy. That's what I'm talking about, Daddy. You know we are? We are, Daddy? Six star. Come on, Daddy. Six star, because we in it, baby. We'll take you on. We'll see you in your home stadium come January, February, Mr. Aries. That'll be nice. Yeah, I'm looking looking at you through the Crown Royal bottle. That's what I'm looking at you through, Daddy. Cowherd has Tampa Bay as the top team in the league. Yeah. I I saw that. Number two is he's got the Titans, which I think is – they look pretty to good, too. Hard to argue with a guy who can run 200 yards. You look at the company Derrick Henry's in with his 200-yard games. He's got, what, four of them in, uh, in, a, in a league that doesn't run anymore. And I think there are LC, four Barry guys. Sanders. Eric Dickerson, and I forget what it may be. Jim Brown, remember. maybe. Four guys in history who've done that four times in their career. He's done it four times since last December. It's he, unreal what he's doing. When he bounced outside at the end of that game, that was – but Tannehill is also starting to look the part, too. He's looking yeah. like a, a real quarterback and a, 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 you know, a pro but bowler type level. Their defense is not on point the way that the championship caliber team's defenses play. Uh, they're going to have to rely on running the, running the ball off the field, and uh, they can do it. But they were going to lose that game and probably should have lost that game had Vrabel not done that 12 men on the field loophole Belichickian type penalty. He's the thing. next Belichick. He he's is. Brilliant. He really I, is. He's, I tell you, I, I talked to that team at the beginning of this year and uh, right after some of the COVID stuff and I did a, I did a, a, a Zoom meeting with them. And so I was talking back and forth with Vrabel. We might have talked about it on here a little bit, but he's just – He's just straight ahead. He just yeah. tells you what he's thinking, and there isn't a lot of that. And that's what Belichick does, and everybody else beats around the bush. You watch Mike McCarthy, it doesn't seem like he's saying anything straight. Everything, yeah. and that's the way the team plays. Like, that, nothing's yeah. going straight. 
you, you yeah. don't get anything out of them. But these guys who just tell it like it is, and nobody's used to that because they don't play the press. They just they don't give a shit. And it's yeah. it's it's the way the team plays. It's that whole thing of the the top down. It, it's just the uh, you know whoever your leader is, your team becomes that identity. Yeah, Vrabel is definitely hard nosed, blue collar. We're running that ball, and Tannehill's been super accurate. You got to. You gotta love that. They're a fun team to watch, but this this weekend, that's a heck of a game. If the Steelers, the Steelers' defense losing Devin Bush is gigantic, because a few years ago when the Steelers lost Ryan Shazier, they lost control of the ability to stop the run. And that middle linebacker position for their style of defense is wildly important. The difference is now that uh, Luan went out for the Titans, so their offensive line took a hit. There's a big, there's a big chess match brewing pre, and I'm kind of hoping the Steelers pretend to have COVID and send the Titans' entire schedule into a nightmare because next week the Steelers have the Ravens, who are on a bye this week. The Steelers are supposed to be on a bye this week, and now they don't get one because of the Titans' COVID nonsense, which I came down today that there's no fines, no suspensions, no forfeits, no nothing. It's just fine which leads me to believe that more coaches and Belichick and Brabel and those types of guys will be like, there's no penalty. We'll keep playing this game when we're out. And Belichick's backfired because they lost to the Broncos, which is crazy. But the league's gone nuts. It's been a weird year, but I love watching. I had this thing I told you, Frank, last night. Don't you love that when Ezekiel Elliott eats all that fake soup that uh, then he, he, he turns the ball over twice in a game. He doesn't have mime or memory to act like he's a bulimic throwing up all that imaginary <laughs> soup, which I love. Cause I think the Cowboys, like you said, Frank, and maybe you don't want, want to admit it. You think Ezekiel is wildly overrated. I think, I think the Cowboys I, are. I just all- don't get, I don't get it. I've seen it for two years. It seemed like his first year, like he was unstoppable. And since then, I, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like he's doing, he's, he's not Derek Henry and Derek Henry. Remember his first year wasn't Derek Henry. Derek yeah, Henry took a little bit close. To- yeah, yeah, he it he almost looked like I don't want to say bust, but he looked kind of average to like, ah, is this guy going to be that good in the league? Ezekiel Elliott hit it out of the park right away. You know, they had the you know they're pretty good quarterback. They have uh, the line and all that stuff, but that the the Cowboys line doesn't seem to be what it was. They're losing guys. They're they they. It's just a it's it's everything changes so quickly in the NFL in one year. On injuries. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it changes completely. And well, I, I'll tell you, before you go, the one thing I couldn't take is everybody, I, I'm all for Dak Prescott's pretty good and a, yeah. a solid player looking for him to come back and see what he can do. But the way they were taught, they've been talking about him like, like he's the reincarnation of Tom Brady. I can't take it. He just no. isn't. He's good. And most of his yards are coming in the second half when they were down and they had to go to the air and defenses were playing prevent and they were just beating him because they have some pretty good receivers. Nothing against Dak because I do think he's pretty good. But those first halves, and some of it might be McCarthy. I mean, they're just a mess. There's nothing. And you know. he, is, he is what Tony Romo was, what I always said Tony Romo was, which was uh, the league's changed in the last 15 years to be fantasy football friendly. And the statistics make guys better than they actually are. Dudes who used to throw for 400 yards in a game and comebacks were not necessarily guys you'd want on your team. Right. And it used to be frowned on. Now, with fantasy football, you know, 450, three touchdowns, but you were down 21 points because you, you know, couldn't get the ball moving or you turned it over early. That used to be kind of seen. And now it seems like at the end of the game, all, the, all people focus on and Tony Romo was the really the first one. I'm like, this guy can't win big games. 
He's just not that guy. But his numbers were great. He was accurate enough. But he couldn't get you to the next level, and you could see it. Dak Prescott is exactly the same as Tony Romo to me with a little more athleticism. That team – and Jerry Jones doesn't have time to rebuild another team. So, you, I mean, he wants to see another trophy before he hands it over completely to his son. That I think the Cowboys are in great turmoil right now, and Jerry's going to just pour money on this for one year. You're going to see them go after whatever they can go, go way past luxury tax, anything. And what cap. they need is though, what they need though, is a coach who'll say who can say no to Jerry, and he's not yeah, hiring. It's not going to a guy that says no to Jerry. That's the problem. What do you need to say no to him for? He went out and got three defenders. He he. If I was his coach, I'd be like, great job, Jerry. Everything he's done on paper looks fantastic. C.D. Lamb's a great pick. The line was amazing. Uh, you got Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott. You already you went out and got Amari Cooper. On paper, everything Jerry Jones has done has made a coach say, "There's no reason to say no." Right. Now, with all the injuries and everything else, and even the the uh, Andy Dalton thing was a great insurance move. They're just not responding to Mike McCarthy. Last uh, the game against the Cardinals, that was less about them being bad. And the same with the Browns and more about them just not resonating with either Mike Nolan on defense because they're giving up 38 a game yeah. on defense. Something's not working during. The well, week. Ezekiel Elliott, you can't put you can't put everything on Ezekiel Elliott's shoulders and then no. he fumbles twice in the first half. You just right. can't do it. That's that's just a that's a mess right there, especially with a fingers crossed defense that a couple of those. I mean, that one play last night to Christian Kirk where I even text you, I'm like, did the Cowboys have a fans play cornerback night in uh, Cowboys Stadium? Because Christian Kirk ran past that cornerback by 10 yards before he even started running. And so, I mean, he, he either thought there was safety help or he just couldn't keep up. But they're not – they're playing like a team that's quit on their coach already. Now, they don't I, – I, it might be Mike Nolan. The, the defense just doesn't care. They're, there's limited effort. I noticed it on that Odell Beckham uh, – play that's that they ran that wide receiver sweep a couple weeks ago and there were guys just hitting their blocks and Odell was blowing by and they just kind of ran through their blocks and didn't make a second effort I'm like that team is not trying yeah like they should be there's no heart on the defense and I think they're all I th- I love seeing it because I hate the Cowboys you but hate everybody hate all of them fingers crossed kind of play is visible you can see that I think the Browns when they played the Steelers were fingers crossed are we as good as these guys and the second they got punched in the face, they're like, we're not. And they just sunk. Like well, the look at the Packers, part. too. Packers yeah. think that's the same thing. Packers playing Tampa this week. They got punched in the face, and Rodgers got sad face. And when yeah. that happens, he, we, a friend of mine who used to play basketball with in grade school, he would get this look on his face, of, and you just knew bad decisions were going to start to happen, right. and he wasn't, he wasn't going to give it 100% anymore. And Rodgers looked like he was playing two years ago for Mike McCarthy, as that game went on and he, you know, he's got that. Even when you watch Aaron Rodgers in commercials, he's not a good actor, but he looks like a guy who thinks he's a good actor. Like he's faking being loose and just <laughs> bouncing around and stuff. You're going, Oh, come on. That's, that's not, you know, you, you look like a guy who's trying to act. You look like Brett Favre and something about Mary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's weird right now, but you start looking around the Seahawks had the week off. Steelers, Titans, you can't count out the Buccaneers. There's probably seven or eight teams right now, the Chiefs. The, here's my prediction, though. I'll tell you on this. I was going to ask, who are your second and – who do you think are the, the second and third best teams? Because I knew who your first Steelers best Steelers and Steelers. I think Seahawks, Steelers, uh, 
I, I hate to say it, but I think the Ravens are beatable, but they have a formula that if they get ahead of you, you can't beat them. So there's a right. topsy-turvy thing there with them. Um, the Chiefs, Steelers, Seahawks, Titans, and uh, and Chiefs. Or, or I missed that Tampa? Right. Tampa's in there, but they've got to prove they can do it week after week. They still didn't look great. I think Green Bay kind of caved. That defense is ridiculous in Tampa, and that's going to keep getting better and better. Um, but there's shocker teams out there that can start bouncing up and scaring people. I think the Browns start to fade because psychologically they just got placed back in Cleveland. They just got told, you think you're good? You woke up dangerous? You're not ready yet. So I think they got pushed back. I think the Bills for two weeks in a row have been exposed as a, a second-tier team. And it's up to McDermott and the rest of that. Their defense isn't as good as it's been the last couple of years, and they've just been kind of pushed around. I think the Bills are going to have a big slide. I think the Bills will end up in a three- or four-game stretch there where they look really average or bad. And because they're, they're, all they're trying to do now is win that division, and I think Belichick sneaks up and grabs that thing before you it's You do? Hmm. Yeah. I, I just think that coaching and, and consistency will be the key, and I think the Bills are now – Almost there, and they just got knocked around pretty good a couple of games in a row by the by the better teams, by the Titans and the Chiefs. And I don't think that they're I don't think they can overcome that. The Bills with, feel like the Raiders to me. Like they're they can do it at times, yeah. but you go, they're gonna get and they can win a big game and but they, they might lose an easy game. Yeah. That's that's the that's what I the think Bills the Bills can surprise you and be surprised. Yes. They're what the Steelers have been for the last five years outside the last couple of years is that team. You're like, why aren't you winning every week? How do you right. lose to these average teams? They're that team that can jump up and shock a great team or just get beat. And I think it all depends on how the first half goes. I think if the bills start getting knocked around a little bit, they turn into, this is the team we are. It is. It's that punched in the mouth mentality. Watching the Browns bicker mm -hmm. in the second quarter. You're like, they're still the Browns. Nothing's different there. Yeah. Nothing. It's at body all. language. I mean, yeah. I know I'm a homer, but uh, you don't see like guys like Mahomes or Wilson or no. Brady. You don't see their body language change when they get down. You no. saw it with Aaron Rodgers. Frank, you mentioned it. As soon as you got, as soon as he got punched in the mouth, it was kind of like, all right, I'm I'm done today. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll live to fight another. You know who's got it better than anybody, and I hate saying it, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, I hate him too. But there's never a time when Philip Rivers is down enough to act like the game's over. He is always competing like a three-point game. He's just thinking of babysitters. Yeah, he's just he, he doesn't want to go home. He doesn't want to go home upset because his house has nine people in it. He doesn't want to see every day. So, yeah, there's definitely – the NFL is fun right now. You know, and, again, fingers crossed, can we get through the next 10 weeks uh, with COVID looming the entire time and not have this thing turn into a nightmare? Well, you know Russell Wilson has a full-on mind coach, right? It's Yeah. That I, I I can't think of his name right now. I'm trying to look for it. Are you thinking um, of Russell Wilson or Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys? Because they both had spent dollars. Russell Wilson, um, because I've I've talked to him before, and it's called neutral thinking, which is what you were talking about, Toledo. Is yeah. that ups or downs? You just stay neutral. You stay the whole time, focus, and don't get too much emotion either way, because that's going to take you off of your training. It's yeah. baseball. It's yeah. like Clayton Kershaw. You can see Clayton Kershaw when he gets knocked in the playoffs. You can see that. When the Bills made their four Super Bowl runs, you saw the first time something happened, they looked around like, here we go again. That's a very real psychological issue of, oh, we're still the same as everybody thinks we are. Here we go again. And the teams that don't have it, 
railroad those teams. So right. it, it's it's going to be fun to watch. I don't know if the Steelers are good enough to get through. They've got murderers row right now. They got the Titans. Uh, they've got the Ravens next week. I think then they play uh, the Cowboys, which might not be as big a deal as they thought. But I mean, that's a, that's a big stretch. We'll find out if they're for real. Uh, the Browns, I think, will have their ups and downs. But I think the teams that are consistent, Seahawks are going to be consistent. Uh, Ravens will be consistent. It, it's going to be interesting, this, this, this run through the middle here, because we're going to find some teams fading and some teams jumping. And I think the Bills are that also ran. That's, that's my prediction for this week is that you'll start to see them normalize. Because Josh Allen started to look like Josh Allen a little bit last night. Yeah, he started to get that deer in headlights. look. Trevor Moad is uh, Russell Wilson's mind coach. And he's he's worked with – I know he worked with uh, Saban, Nick Saban, and a lot of other uh, coaches to to just instill that – neutral thinking don't get too high like Saban is perfectly I guess Saban does the yelling and stuff on the sideline too but you never see him ecstatic you never see him over the top happy he's you know right just uh, uh, stoic there so all right well we learned something new uh deep voices are for deep voice people that's right that's exactly right. Fred. That's all I got. That was my, that was my close. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to give you a little dose of actual me, and you got it. Nothing. By the way, this has been sitting next to me for the last fifteen twenty minutes. Oh man! Damn it! Some delicious chicken and some sort of so. This is how much I love this podcast: is that I let this sit and get cold for you. That's okay. Michelle was texting me during the podcast that the grill wasn't lighting, and I was like, I can't help you. I just, you know what I'm doing. I'm talking voices in football. Throw fire at the grill. It should be fine. It's it's 100 degrees out. Just use yeah. the, the atmosphere. <laughs> Hold the stick in the air like lion king. <laughs> All right. Next week is Gary V. So uh, hopefully, Wait, if everything what? keeps together, that's uh, that'll be awesome as well. So. Well done, everybody. All right. Thanks. Have some good dinner. I miss you. Daddy loves you. <laughs>